This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. doing facebook lives because you see like a lot of yeah. people jump on and then yep. within 30 seconds half those people are gone like what <laughs> happened in 30 seconds like what were you hoping to see <laughs> oh a live stream oh it's this yeah oh. these people again i mean what is it it's not uh you know it's not like a fight it's not a sporting event it's not a it's not there's no nudity i mean no. what are you not hoping yet. for maybe later Please let us know oh. what I don't, um, I don't know what's in this. Wait, it could be anything. Getting nude. Oh, yeah. Kat, do I need to untape that thing? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will. Hmm. And joining me, as always, are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Hey, friends and co-hosts. Good to see you. <laughs> and in addition to his uh, co-hosting duties here, John also hosts his very own uh, podcast Gen X grown up. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's all grown. He's all Gen X grown up now. Hey, by the mm-hmm. way, we're we're streaming live right now on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. We do this once a month, at least right for now. Uh, we usually mm-hmm. chat. We give. Uh, we invite folks to chime in during our news stories, etc. We'll share your comments uh, on the show here. Follow us on Facebook to find out how you can participate uh, today. Tonight, we're giving away a Diane Franklin's new book, The Excellent Comedy of the Last American French Exchange, Babe of the Eighties, aka the Better Off Dead movie tribute book next month in October. So if you missed this one uh, in October, we're giving away Ralph Macchio's new book, Waxing On the Karate Kid and Me. (laughs) We actually invited Ralph to be on the show here with us, but um, he's busy promoting Mm. the show on other podcasts, probably. probably (laughs) He said, Will, you can wax off, is what he said. (laughs) Oh, Uh, but... The, uh, his publicist uh, did say his publisher rather said, "Hey, we'll send you, we'll send books to you know a book to someone though if you want to give a book away." So we're going to hey. be doing that. That's okay. Something. Pretty cool. Hey, on today's yeah. show we're going to be speaking with Bradley Scott. Uh, he's the uh, lead singer of Emma Rosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Rosa has been uh, slowly releasing 1980s inspired singles for presumably a forthcoming album. We can only imagine here. Uh, and mm-hmm. earlier this year they, they they released two singles so far: Preach, and then just in July they uh, added Attention and. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it probably, but Preach sounds like something straight out of the late 80s, right? It's like a- yes. It does. Yes, yes, it, it does. It reminds me of a, like a Bobby Brown kind of thing, but uh, it's really good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then this week on September 15th, Emma Rose is going to release another single, Stay. Another mm-hmm. one. It sounds straight out of the 1980s. Yep. This one has some saxophone but, in it. But, Shh, yes. We've already heard it. Oh, yeah. Shh. Right, right, right. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, it's like, pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely good. Um, I love how you made him sound like a ninja. He's been slowly releasing eighties sounding <laughs> systematically releasing songs into the wild. <laughs> right under our noses. Nobody's noticed. Oh hey Tim. Tim says he just bought Better Off Dead on Blu-ray. Oh one of his favorites. Nice. I better get over to these comments. See what's going oh, on. Oh Jacqueline says uh, two dollars. He crushed on John Cusack big time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Thomas, at least you don't have flock of seagulls here. That's what you. I'm growing towards, uh, Thomas. Look, I could it's almost yeah. there. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be Look white that. like that guy. I mean, that guy had such blonde hair, right? Yeah. By the time it's long enough, it'll be the right color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before my, yeah, my beard too. Hey, before we're going to speak with Bradley though, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media, including mm-hmm. why won't Dave go ahead and jump already? Might as well <laughs> jump. Uh, whether our need for speed has been satisfied, how more than just Axel's returning to Beverly Hills and how Cobra Kai is expanding beyond season mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Okay, and there's time codes in the show notes if you want to skip around. Hmm, I guess that's it, right? Oh, oh, Kat, did you want to say anything? Um, yeah, what? you each have something yeah. to open. Yeah. We're gonna do what's that about unboxing? Yeah, so I uh, I made something for you guys, but it's not the same things. Oh, you made something like handcrafted, made something for oh, okay. us. Yes, so, sort okay. of. Okay. Sort Definitely. of. My hands right. were involved. John, okay. All right. I think John's a little ahead of me. I got to crack this box open. Yeah, you got to get your silver yeah. parcel out there. Yeah, I gotta get we to we both, had a, both had a package, but then I have a, then oh, I have yeah. the package package. All right. Okay. I've got my uh, Choco Taco. Oh, there we go. You got yours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, right. Kat was definitely thinking about a podcast when she wrapped this. Yeah, crinkle, crinkle. A little ASMR on 1980s now. Sheer, sheer coincidence. So we want, should we open this? Or? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and open. First, let me start by saying, Kat, thank you. You're welcome. And, and continue by saying, Kat, I'm terrible at faking good reactions to gifts I don't oh. like. So if it looks like I like it, I do. <laughs> and if it looks like I don't, I'm still thankful. So. I'm excited oh, either so way. Cool. I'm Just so excited. Just put that out there. Joe, oh, I've opened mine already. Should I? Okay, all right. All right I'm, yeah, I'm what are you doing? I, I was explaining myself. Yeah. I'm just so excited going. for you for this. Like, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, feel, it feels cassetti. Uh -oh. John's looks uh -oh. gigantic, by the way. Why, thank right? you. <laughs> oh, I would have sworn well, it was a VHS tape or is. Betamax tape. Okay, it yeah. It is. I got one here, too. <laughs> Let me guess what John's is. Let me guess what John's is. Do it. Do John's it. is three hours, okay, 90 minutes, right? 45 minutes aside of yep. nothing but CB chatter. <laughs> You're... You're so close. Truckers so talking. <laughs> so close. It, big rig hits. Can we get it up there? Can we see? Yeah, Look at that. Oh, big rig Courtesy hits. Okay, so you got your CW McCall, and that's the yeah. end of the list. <laughs> it's not all CW There's McCall. It's it's variety. Tons. Of Look at this. Artists. Here's the album. Oh. Oh. Cat. Oh. Bless you, my sweetheart. That's wow. probably a record you had already, right? Oh yes. Oh, I had this. Oh, we were I talking about it. Oh, is yes. that right? yeah. And I was Here. super, super duper thrilled when I got the hint oh, wow. that John did not have this. Mm -hmm. And then I knew what to do. <laughs> oh, if you're a first time listener, Kat and I are both the child, the children of truck drivers, truck driving yes. families. Mm -hmm. So we have a connection that Will will never understand. Yeah, I was going to say, I am not the child of a truck driver, so I have no connection to either of you. Well, no, that's yes, not what I said. No. No, now, John, what, what about the other one? Did you, do you recognize the other one? Oh, 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 Side B. two full albums. Oh, let's see. Yes. Oh, I, I have to tell you something silly. Actually, it was, it was big rig hits on both sides, just like a loop. Okay. But then yeah. I remembered I had this. Oh, what is this? <laughs> this is. Oh, that's the one we were talking about. Cletus <laughs> yeah. Maggard and the Citizens Band. Yep. Th this was a <laughs> new acquisition, a gift to oh, me. Yeah. And that's the one that has White Knight on it, right? <laughs> it oh. does. It does have White Knight. Oh. So side A, by the mm -hmm. way, breaker, breaker, one, nine. You can't okay. see this. Side B yeah. says, see you on the flip flop. <laughs> Kat, you are a thoughtful broad. See, Thank you so much. Had she said that to me, I wouldn't have known what to do. <laughs> that was one, nine and flip flops. So mine here says uh, 12 distressing steps on side A. I don't, tw I'm sorry, 12 distressing skips. Twelve distressing skips. I don't know that that improved it, Cat. I have to apologize, Will. I because you made okay. John's first, and you ran out of ideas by the time you got to mine. Okay, yeah. so opposite, so opposite. I've been trying to make you a mixtape yes. since like since last we November. About mix tapes, yes, a year ago, October. Yes, and it's been quite the journey of hurdles to overcome, yep. which mm. I will not bore anyone with at this moment. But I really have to apologize because this is not the finest quality mixtape oh I've ever made. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, I got you something. It's shit. <laughs> You're not going to like it. I hope you enjoy it. It's there not you very go. good. You're going to hate this. Here, take it. <laughs> There's even Cat. a song on there yep. that I... <laughs> Never mind. Okay. That's why it's I... 12 distressing skips because 12 of the songs on here I'm going to want to skip. No. Oh. There's three songs that have skips. Oh, because ah, these are the vinyl. Off of your records, your forty-five collection. Yes, they're from Got my forty-five okay. that used to not have any issues, and yeah. then some of them yeah. did. But I was just, really stubborn, and I just yeah. yeah it just I makes it authentic. Anyway. It makes it clearly yes. coming off a of vinyl. We know she didn't cheat yeah. and rip it off of Spotify. <laughs> I love right? that crackly sound. That's fine. I love legit. You're Put the needle it. on the record. And the yes. second side says it's skip free, but yes. mildly oh. warbly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Did you say the name of the tape? <laughs> uh, oh, the name. Oh, no, I didn't. Better 1980s now than ever. AKA oh. Selections for Will from Cats 45 Collection with a K, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Finish him. Oh, yeah, these are all great songs. Reflex, of course. Uh, let's see what modern English is on here in, in excess. I see the, the, your parameter. <laughs> Parameters for curation. 45, 45s only. Songs uh -huh. that I thought you could at least tolerate. Uh -huh. Three 80s songs only. 
Very, Kat, thank you so much. That's really sweet of you. Thank You're you. Welcome. And I've got my boombox back there, so. I know you do. Maybe we can yeah. play some songs when we do our thing next week, you know. Um, that will be fun. You can hear and the I'm warbly-ness sure... and skips. <laughs> you can hear the warble. <laughs> the warble. And I was pretty sure John would have a way to play a cassette tape. 10 <laughs> <Yeah>. 4. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. And he'll thank you on CB later. Hey, Copy oh, hi, that. Laura. There's another Laura. Hey, Laura. Um, all right. Hey, thanks, Kat. Let's get caught up on 1980s news. Right? We could do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. we've got some things here, too. Okay. Hey. Hey, first up on 1980s news, per the Van Halen News Desk, mm-hmm. David Lee Roth has re-recorded Van Halen's Panama. Hmm. And the internet yeah. collectively says, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that I just shrugged. <laughs> yeah. So... Let's just take it back. <laughs> what, what, this has got to be the final time. Please. <laughs> Remember in October when David Lee Roth announced he was throwing in the shoes? He literally said, I'm retiring. Uh-huh. We assumed yep. him and he was retiring. Well, now I'm thinking he may have literally been tossing footwear <laughs> because the guy will not go away. Now, no. we've heard... I, I, my journey with this has been, I felt really sad he was retiring. End of an era. I love mm-hmm. David Lee Roth, you know, era Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Sammy yes. Hagar Van Halen, I love a lot yes. of their songs too. Mm-hmm. Never got to see them in, you know, live. Then, Eddie, you know, Eddie passed away. So mm-hmm. then I got excited when they talked about different configurations for maybe getting the quote band back together. None mm-hmm. of that ever <laughs> gelled. I mean, different stories from different people, depending on who you ask what was necessarily happening we don't even know mm-hmm. at some point alex van halen chimed in wolfgang chimed in i think they asked michael anthony there were a bunch of other uh, musicians who had nothing to do with van halen but were fans that were going to be a part of it mm-hmm. never materialized and since then uh roth actually released a song titled pointing to the pointing at the moon followed by nothing could have stopped us back then anyway which was a clear attribute to a van halen yes um okay well the status of this 67 uh, year old frontman is more confusing now than ever <laughs> because he just re- released a new quote studio live version of Van Halen's Panama. Mm-hmm. So, and if you're wondering how this came to be, well, the Van Halen news desk, of course, is the source to, to find out. And they wrote that uh, quote on May 3rd, Roth, the Roth band went into Henson recording studio and recorded 14 songs in two hours. Wow. It's all live and it's Van Halen free, no samples, no auto tune End quote instead of Van Halen, uh, Roth was uh, joined by session guitarist Al Estrada, bassist Ryan Wheeler, and drummer Francis Valentino. 14 songs in two hours sounds like all good stuff. Yeah, quality. Oh, yeah. All right. Like, <laughs> There's like be that great. was kind of rough. Do over. Nah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got 14 songs to get through. It's probably kind of like my mixtape for Will. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's that thing. Do you want it fast, uh, good, or cheap? Mm-hmm. And he Pick said two. fast, obviously. And cheap. (laughs) I'm guessing. So, uh, look, I have a clip of this to play for you guys so you can uh, hear what he's up to. Oh, Oh, good. So here is uh, (laughs) David Lee Roth's re-recorded, quote, studio live version of Panama. Oh, Oh, he's adding some more screams. Oh, yes. Oh. (laughs) We have to watch him now. Let's watch him. Okay. What's that sound? Oh, I don't like those harmonies. All right, uh, that's plenty. That's more than it, enough. It, there's an interesting effect in there of his yeah. voice not being faster. Like, I feel like he's not quite matching the speed of the song. <laughs> you can hear, and I can hear the age in his voice just a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. don't mean anything negative by that. I mean, it's it's not it's not peak Roth. Yeah, like you could tell right. he's got he's got another couple decades on him. Not you know, yeah. it's as expected, but you know, mm-hmm. still, he's got some energy. Yes. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Do For that. his age, he's got, yeah, he sounds great considering. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So many other uh, vocalists, contemporary vocalists of his that, uh, you know, they're, they can't they can't hit the notes anymore, so right. to speak. Um, but, but I feel like he was know. drawing it out a little bit. It was, yeah. it was like he was working hard to stay in tempo there. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, it's David Lee Roth. We call that showboating. <laughs> yeah, he said, watch me, and then he pranced around and no one could see him because it's just look, the audio recording. Look, and now, no shoes. Yeah, because it's pitched him. <laughs> well, someone get those back. Um, I don't know. My, my thought is maybe he's, he's not getting the other artists have done this. So as far as what their cut is for copyright, uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't, 
sometimes they, they don't get anything. We're talking about, I think Def Leppard dealt with this, you know, when uh, music started going digital, you know, mm-hmm. starting for whatever, 15, 20 years ago now on Apple. Mm-hmm. I believe they didn't have the rights to the, those songs to be sold that way. So mm. uh, they weren't out there. Or if they were out there, they weren't getting any money. So what did they do? They mm. re-recorded them themselves to sound exactly like what they had done for the most part. Mm-hmm. You could tell mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that when folks buy those, they would then get some of the cut. You know, I think ultimately right. the record company wound up releasing the originals. And now people probably buy mm-hmm. those and Def Leppard's getting screwed over. on Which is why he made the point of like, it's totally hail and free. Right. right. It's like all original even right. though it's it's the same composition, but yeah, I'm going to do yeah. I'm going to put woos in different places this time around. Yeah. So I guess David <laughs> may get a bigger cut. He's still got a cut in the Van Halens mm-hmm. and, and Eddie's estate. You know, and mm-hmm. to what extent Michael Anthony gets anything, I don't know. But he might get a little bit more now because he owns the actual production itself, the mechanical royalties, the physical, you know, uh, creation of this. So that's the only thing I could figure he's doing. But otherwise, why? I I yeah, think yeah. David Lee Roth's probably making rent, though. I mean, yeah. why would go through all this effort? Right. I mean, do you think, is he destitute? Is, well, that's true. The, that's a good point. Maybe he's gearing up to take this band on tour and he wants to show- Who knows? Maybe it? so. It's like a Maybe proof so. of concept? Hmm. Yeah. I'd be surprised yeah. if it was a financial, I mean, it's a financial, but I mean, it's not like, yeah. oh, I've got to do it or I'll lose my, you yeah. know, lose my boat or lose my whatever. It's, right. it's probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's my boat. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if anybody- His house is fine. Maybe his, his third show boat. boat. Anybody have any <laughs> thoughts about uh, on the stream here? Whether or not should mm. David Roth finally retire? I mean, come on, make some space for some other folks. I never thought I would be hoping for him to go away. <laughs> Starting about three or four months ago, I was like, enough of this guy already. Oh, Kelly says, yeah, he doesn't need to do it anymore. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't need to do it. It's not necessary. Yes. All right. Hey, another 1980s news. Top Gun Maverick producer addresses the likelihood of more sequels. Uh, so after waiting more than 35 mm. years for a sequel, we didn't know we wanted <laughs> audiences were mm-hmm. delighted to see Pete Maverick return to the cockpit in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, the, yep. I hadn't realized and it's probably not surprised to either of you guys, but it's the highest grossing movie uh, wow. uh, so far of this year. It broke wow. a billion after like eight weeks or something, yep. didn't it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fast. It was quick. Record yeah. smashing. Yeah. So of yeah. course folks, you know, maybe cynical folks and hopeful folks assume or, or want a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. assume that Hollywood would probably just want to continue to leverage this franchise to get more money out of it. And there's some mm-hmm. folks who probably just genuinely want that too. Well, in an right. interview with the radio times, veteran producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, who was instrumental in bringing the, the film back because he also produced the, the original mm-hmm. uh, responded to the question of other films in the series. And he said, quote, I can't tell you what the future is going to bring. Mm-hmm. If you had, if you'd asked me in 86, do you think you'll have a sequel out in a few years? I'd have said maybe, but it took 30 something years to do it. <laughs> so that doesn't really rule out the possibility of a, of another film, but it definitely, it doesn't mean that we would definitely see one within the next 30 years either. Mm-hmm. Right. No guarantees. Seems that, like to me, if they do one, they probably want to strike while the iron is hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also seems to me if they do one, they get one freebie now on the goodwill of Maverick. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. But that's, it felt like a lightning in the bottle kind of film. Yeah. It's like, it just, it was the perfect mm-hmm. combination of a little nostalgia, a little something uh-huh. new, a little, you know, it's like a great wedding, something borrowed, something blue. It was just all the right stuff. Uh huh. And you mm-hmm. can't beat that same drum again. So I'm not sure. Again, you'll get one more for sure. Cause I'll go yeah. see it. Cause Maverick was so sure. good, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it makes financial sense to, to make one more to get the money out of it. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet that's it if they do it, because it's, you're not going to get that same magic again. I'm sure. No, I wouldn't wait too long. Well, yeah. Because the people that love it are going to die before two, another 30 years, I won't be here to see it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> well, to that end, uh, regarding the success of the new film, Bruckheimer admitted that he was slightly taken aback by how ah. popular the film ultimately approved, especially with younger people. Because, mm-hmm. quote, initially we were worried that it was mostly for an older audience, but we were wrong. And the kids, as young as mm-hmm. they get, came to see mm-hmm. this movie multiple times, and they're still seeing it multiple times, end quote. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would see, yeah, wait another 30 years, we're going to be dead, but. <laughs> maybe I guess those kids will like it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll think it's part two. They won't know that Maverick was, was the second one already. <laughs> right, exactly. It's Maverick two. Woohoo! No, no, <laughs> Top Gun three. Well, and it took so long to convince Tom Cruise to do this in the first place. I don't think you're convincing him to do another one. Uh, no. yeah. It took a, it, it, you mm-hmm. know, it was a nexus of all the right things, including 
him and Jerry and uh, mm-hmm. I think Christopher mm-hmm. McQuarrie, who wrote a lot of Tom Cruise movies and directed him in some films. Kilmer was in a position where he could be in it. Kilmer, I mean, like, yeah. Spoiler right. alert. I think we're outside of that range now. Yeah. I, w- I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In fact, it's now available to own digitally. So you don't even have to leave your home to see it anymore. Mm-hmm. No, Kelly, you can't mm. go. Oh, no. Kelly says, unfortunately, no. I have to go. I can't watch <gasps> this and make cheesecake at the same time. Yes, you can, <gasps> Kelly. Cat is making cheesecake right now. Oh, Kat absolutely. <laughs> and brownies. She's stirring under the camera line. Yeah. Kelly's going to mail us her cheesecake, too. Oh, okay. well, then by all means, get to cheesecaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look for a silver bag full of cheesecake next. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Hannah, <laughs> just in a few minutes here, we're going to be giving away this copy of Diane Franklin's new book. Oh, it's really easy you. to win it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Hey, in other 1980s news, as we learned from screenwriter David Stokes on Twitter... More than just Axel Foley may be returning to Beverly Hills. I saw this. So, you know, we just discussed mm-hmm. this a couple of weeks ago, uh, that there was going to be another sequel to Beverly Hills. It was set to start shooting right. in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and it is under, uh, production rather, is underway now. Uh, and Eddie Murphy, of course, we knew, was once again going to be playing the uh, lead character there of Axel Foley. Well, you'll mm-hmm. recall that in 1984, mm-hmm. uh, the first film saw Axel travel to California to track down the killers of his friend, and once there, because he was out of his jurisdiction, mm-hmm. he was forced to team up with two reluctant detectives from the Beverly Hills Police Department. Um, if you don't remember, mm-hmm. those two reluctant detectives were William Billy Rosewood, played by Judge Reinhold, and John Taggart, mm-hmm. played by John Ashton. Uh, mm-hmm. While Reinhold and Ashton mm-hmm. returned for Beverly Hills Cop 2, only Reinhold appeared in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Well, the pair was now just spotted on the set of the new film, which is now known as Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> Axel Foley. Yay. I, cool, I guess. I mean, that's fine. It's, you know, yeah. the more you bring back, the better. Yep. Because if you're going to bother making a sequel, it's because of the nostalgia and to continue that storyline. Yep. So the more people you can get back, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's interesting, the Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley follows the Top Gun model. Top Gun. Who's the main guy? Oh. Beverly Hills Cop. Who's the main mm-hmm. guy? Right. That's why yeah. Fletch is called Fletch. <laughs> Fletch, I think, maybe. Fletch, Fletch. Fletch, Fletch. <laughs> uh, yeah, it should be. Then it should be Foley, then, I guess, right? It's just his last name, but, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. He doesn't have a call oh, sign, okay. so they buy the whole name. It did remind me of something. Mm-hmm. You're right. It, mm. Oh, you're right. His name's not Pete Maverick. His name's Pete Mitchell. Didn't I say his That's name right. was Pete Maverick earlier? Mm. I don't think so. No, uh-huh. it's okay. Mm. Yeah, I did. I said, because uh, you haven't had your cheesecake yet. delighted to yet. see You'd Pete Maverick return to the cockpit. All right, uh, editor, add this. Pete Mitchell. <laughs> there you go. Let's see, if that, let's see if that works out. Uh, anyway, uh, look, uh, the, the, these guys are older gentlemen now. It would be cool, you know, uh, uh, to the extent mm-hmm. that they have any real function in the story. Maybe that might be taking it a little too far. I'd like to see some new folks, but like John suggested, maybe some of that connective tissue would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Along those lines, Paul Reiser is yeah. also expected to reprise his role as Detective Jeffrey Friedman. Hmm. No word whether or not Bronson Pinchot will be there. Oh, yes. Who? Cat, Cat, we've told you. I'm I'm hoping you're sticking to this. Don't ever see Beverly Hills Cop 3. Never. Never see it. (laughs) Just like we were telling you on Facebook not to watch that video of, I'm not even going to say the video's name. Don't ever watch that video. Don't watch this movie. I'm, I... I probably, Good. I don't have time to watch those things because I have too many other things to catch Quality up on. things so, that aren't yeah, Beverly Hills I, Cop 3. Yes. But surprisingly, yes. Uh, in Beverly Hills Cop 3, Bronson Pinchot uh, reprises his role as Serge. Uh, and he comes back and just completely ruins he, any sort of goodwill or, you know, if anything you felt about the character, how impressed you were with him. No. It now becomes a parody of itself. I oh, mean, no. when I saw Beverly Hills Cop, oh, I remember, I look, no. I was a kid. I was like all 13, 14 years old mm-hmm. at the time it came out. Yeah. But I, re- I knew Eddie yeah. Murphy. I didn't know any of the actors. Now, look, I assumed, of course, John Taggart and Billy Rosewood were played by actors, you know? Okay. And I, actually, mm-hmm. I probably was familiar with Judge mm-hmm. Reinhold at that point. But- I didn't think Bronson Pinchot was an actor. Yeah. I thought that was just a dude who they, he really worked at that place <laughs> and they gave him some money. You want to, right? Come on. And I'll, I'll add to that yes. Damon Wayans part. You remember him? Here, take yeah. those bananas. Oh. Another guy who I swear, that guy probably works at the hotel and they just put him in the film. <laughs> Got him to sign a waiver, oh gave him, you know, right. whatever scale is. Free copy of the VHS later. Right. <laughs> Now, we later see Bronson Pinchot in Perfect Strangers. When he returns for Beverly Hills Cop 3, though, no. It's okay. a parody of himself. This doesn't seem grounded at all anymore. What about Judge Reinhold? When did Fast Times uh, at Ridgemont High come so out? A couple years before. 
82. Okay, so we had already if you had, seen Yeah, him. if you'd seen him. Yeah. Yeah. He was established. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to see them back. I, I love that character, Billy. That was that was a great character, how they had those little twists in there where mm-hmm. you think he's just a milk toast and turns out he's, you know, this uh, gun nut. <laughs> he's like the most prepared <laughs> for the circumstance and most excited about it, too. All right, finally. Mm-hmm. What's that? Oh, Kelly's back. Kelly's back, taking a break from the cheesecake. Awesome. <laughs> okay, though, yeah. Hope you're making enough. We all get our own little cheesecake. Well, Just a little one. That'd be big, like this big. Cheesecake. little cheesecake. We'll take it. All right. Hey, finally, in uh, another 1980s news, per comicbook.com, it's, it feels weird saying William Zapka, doesn't it? We didn't grow up with William Zapka. We grew up with Billy Zapka. Billy. But I respect yeah. that because I was Billy once, mm-hmm. and then I was a Bill, and now I'm a Will. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I have to respect <laughs> it. Okay. Or Reed, in some cases. <laughs> or Reed. <laughs> uh, all right. Reed so we'll say William. Okay. Per comicbook.com, William Zapka suggests a trilogy of films will be coming after Cobra Kai's conclusion. <laughs> so exciting news, guys. The fifth season of Cobra Kai just dropped on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and comicbook.com's Chris Killian spoke with the show's cast, including William Zapka, who plays, of course, well, he originally played uh-huh. the heavy Johnny Lawrence in the film, the first film. And now he plays, uh-huh. you know, uh, what, anti hero or another hero? He kind of he started heavy even in this mm-hmm. series, and then he. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't even say he softened. I, I think characters moved around him to the point mm-hmm. that uh, watch the show. I'd tell you mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I love him in this. But I love him. Like he had such a small role in oh, yeah. Karate Kid, but in this, like I get to. Yes. You get to meet the character and get to know him and his yeah. foibles, and mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Karate Kid is great, but but the Zabka character is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, does, yes. it definitely seems there's a yes. lot more depth oh, to him. Yeah. We learn mm-hmm. why he, you know, Absolutely. his backstory mm-hmm. that got him to where mm-hmm. he was as of the Karate Kid and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, his demise since. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like uh, Ralph Macchio or uh, William Zapka is ready to say goodbye to their characters once uh, Cobra Kai's concludes, whatever that may be. Because in fact, uh, mm-hmm. in fact, Zapka during this interview teased that he's ready to make a trilogy of films as soon as the show ends. Uh, after he mm-hmm. joked that uh, Cobra Kai didn't have an ending planned... Uh, Zapka clarified, uh, quote, there's an mm-hmm. end game. Everything's pointing to a place on the map for sure. It's a matter of how ah. many we're going to get to do that. But there's definitely an end game, end quote. I'm sure he's referring to how many episodes, I suppose, that they get. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he seemed to joke that, quote, we're going to end the series, and then I think we're going to do a trilogy of films, end quote. That's kind of big. That's big. A trilogy yeah, of films? A lot of yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and keep that's in huge. mind, that's the yeah. star of the yeah. show talking. That's not the financiers <laughs> saying we're going to do a trilogy of, I don't know. he would certainly be willing to, but why wouldn't you? What First, why would you end the series? I thought five was going to be the end, but now it sounds like maybe not. Maybe they Keep don't know. Keep going with the yeah. six, I guess. But- mm-hmm. Look, they have a following. It's clearly fun. Yeah. They they found the secret sauce to to like revive that in a way that it makes sense and it's entertaining. So mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I mean, you would think at this point, and I'm surprised it took them to five. I was frustrated at first that it didn't happen by season two. That the two of them, the main characters, Ralph Macchio and, and uh, William Zapka, play mm-hmm. didn't come together already. But mm-hmm. spoiler alert, right. it's not happening until like. Mm-hmm. Last season, I think, was the first mm-hmm. season, right, where it sort of mm-hmm. happened. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like at this point, now that they're together, they kind of run out of story. Well, you look at the cover art of the latest season, yep. and it's got them on one side, and then Crease and the Cobra Kai folks on the other side, like the bad guys, yep. and they're part of the this dichotomy mm-hmm. of now he's he's over there with, you know, with Ralph Macchio. He's also a good guy. You're right. They yep. came together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For his part, Ralph Macchio has also teased that there's some early plans to explore more of the Cobra Kai world saying that the show offers all kinds of spin-off opportunities that could possibly include legacy uh-huh. characters such as an origin story for Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi prequel? Oh. I'm in. Yeah. That, Preemptively. Yes. I think that could be yeah. cool. Yes. Okay. Cuz he had a, he had a torturous backstory. He mm-hmm. had a horrible, you know, loss of his his right. wife mm-hmm. and his family and that he did want to talk about till he was drunk once on sake. Yeah, but there's an emotional grounding there that, that really anchored a karate kid. Right. And if you see more of that, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. We get to see a young Sato, right? If they're in their village in Okinawa. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Whatever that right. was building up to that. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ralph said, quote, yep, yep. we're not done as long as we're given the opportunity to really bring it in. As long as it evolves organically. Mm-hmm. These guys that write the show really have their finger on the pulse of that. End quote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this mm-hmm. has me thinking. Now, this is a movie that became a show. And now, uh, Zapka is suggesting maybe it would be become movies again but 
are movies yeah. or shows that become movies ever satisfying as a movie? Or maybe more specifically, this type of show, could this be satisfying as a movie? Because now we've got, I don't know how many episodes are in a season, eight, 10. So you've got eight or yeah. 10 hours of a story yeah. versus a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You can go backwards like that and be, it'd be right. as rewarding for the audience. Well, unless, as you said, Will, if, if they've actually run out of runway with story to tell, yeah. you know, when we watch Netflix stuff, we binge it now. And we're like, like nobody want to watch a 10 hour movie. Are you kidding me? Want to binge yeah. 10 hours of TV show? Right. Hell yeah. Right. You yeah. can do that. But if you really, <laughs> exactly. sometimes streaming shows feel like fluff. A couple of episodes are like, did you need all that? You know? Yeah. yeah. So in the yeah. beginning where we're exploring the characters, mm-hmm. I think we needed that longer form. But if you are running out of story mm-hmm. to tell with mm-hmm. these characters, going to a movie means you can have tighter, more impactful stories and do dramatic change because you're not trying to keep it the same from season to season or episode to episode. You can have, mm-hmm. you know, characters die. You can have characters coming in, you know, whatever. You can do more in a movie, I think, with a bigger budget. That's going to be mm-hmm. more impactful if you are at this point in the franchise. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, let's yeah. see. Oh, Kelly says there's only one Mr. Miyagi and that's Pat Morita. Right. She was wondering who would they get to play? Yeah, know, Casting is key. Yeah. They'll probably get a Caucasian guy and do that's it with right. CGI. I don't know. Put dots on the set. <laughs> knowing how Hollywood works, right? Oh, gender <laughs> twist. Mr. Miyagi's a lady. <laughs> the multiverse. No, by the way, don't do that. All right, hey, that was 1980s news. I have to admit, I missed part of what you guys said because I think my oh. Wi-Fi got a little funky. But um, I, uh, oh, nothing. What, what did you say? About- nothing that will stay in the show. <laughs> will said he's uncomfortable okay. on Facebook, and does anybody oh. like him? That's what we want to know. <laughs> does anybody like him? Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> That's what I asked my wife before bed. Do you like me? She called to ask me, do you like Will? We're looking for one. Do you, Please. Look, do you need jo- one? Jo- Hello, John. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, hey, look, if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. Any ton of those or any number of those are free and cost you nothing. Mm-hmm. And you could have done That's it already because right. we've been talking for like a half hour. <laughs> Why haven't you? Yeah, right? Do it now. <laughs> Oh, Kelly likes all of us. Oh, thanks, Kelly. It's it's only important you like Will. That's what we're looking for. You like Uh, Will specifically. All right, hey, look, we're going to give away a book here, and then we'll finish recording the show here. All right, so here's how you want. If you want to win Diane Franklin's new book here, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the Better Off Dead movie tribute book. Now, Diane surprised our, uh, she crashed our 1980s trivia just uh, about a week or so ago, the trivia that we do every month. Yeah, that was super fun. Yeah, such a sweet lady. And talented and been in tons of iconic 1980s films, including this one that she wrote about here, the Better Off Dead movie tribute book. Okay, so hey, if you want to win this book, this is what you need to do. In the comments now, if you put hashtag Diane, D-I-A-N-E, we have a little magic tool that'll um, pick a winner. All right, there we go. Okay, now folks are coming in with the hashtag Diane. Okay, here we go. All right, let's draw this. Um, I want the book. I'm just not eligible. That's why there's no no John. Hashtag Diane. All right, Tombstone won. All right. Tombstone's been with us since the beginning of this episode. Yes. At least. Thanks for hanging in there, Tombstone. Tombstone, we'll reach out out to you on Facebook to find out where we can send a copy of uh, Diane's book to you. And if you'd like to hang out with us during our next live podcast, which is in uh, October, and have the chance to win Ralph Macchio's new book, Waxing On, The Karate Kid and Me. Follow us on Facebook, uh, where we're known as 1980s Now, just like the name of the show. Okay, hey, in a moment, we'll be right back with our guest today, the lead singer of Amorosa, Bradley Scott. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1980. For nearly a decade, our guest has been the lead singer for the popular band Amorosa. Collaborating with the band's founder, E.R. White, our guest helped move the band away from hard rock to become leaders of the alternative world. Their wildly successful breakthrough album, Peach Club, claimed top spots on the U.S. Billboard Top Rock Albums and Billboard 200 charts, launching the band on a sold-out nationwide tour. 
And now the band is poised to release a follow-up album that combines the influences of the pop, synthwave, R&B, and alternative music we love from the 1980s. You can already download their tracks Preach and Attention. And this week, on September 15th, the band will release another 80s-inspired track, Stay. Follow Emma Rosa on Facebook to learn how you can hear it. Please welcome to the show, Bradley Scott. Hey, Bradley, how are you? Hello, I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. It's great to chat with you. We're always so very excited to chat with folks that are... Uh, I would say keeping the 1980s sort of alive and going. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, we were we were let's say fortunate enough to grow up in that era of that pop culture, so we love it. So, but to see other folks continuing yes. to make music that emulates it. and films. Last week we were talking about TV shows and movies that uh, are set in that period. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, we're glad mm-hmm. we're excited to not only that your group is doing this, but that we're chatting with you tonight. Yes, thanks for having me. So. You know, look, you you don't need me to tell you, but for folks who don't realize, sure. As long as Amarosa has been in, in, a band, you know, going back, what is it, like fifteen years now, sixteen uh, years? Yeah, long before me. Um, yeah, okay. long before you. Right. Oh wow! It's changed sound. It's changed uh, singers. It's changed between you and I was looking. You have the longest. Uh, you know this. This lead singer that's been with the group for the longest. Yes. And except for ER, I mean, there's uh, no other originals. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's it's Er and I now. We're we're yeah. the we're the solid duo, and uh, mm-hmm. we've honestly been uh, even before Peach Club. Him and I were the original, like as far as like the longest, mm-hmm. uh, right. the mm-hmm. longest reigning defending champions of the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm curious as the band evolved, and obviously you can't speak for uh, Er and, and, and pre you. Mm-hmm. But it's curious to me that, you know, how the sound evolved, you know, it was uh, like a post hardcore post punk thing early on. And then Mm -hmm. somewhere it seems like when you got involved, there started to be a transition and a move towards the music you're producing today. Sure. You know, uh, like you said, I can't speak for before me, but Mm -hmm. I've been in I've I've been in the band and doing this for almost a decade now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so originally joining, I tried to stay, you know. I tried to stay true to what the band was known as. We put out a record called Versus that was, right. you know, what felt like a natural progression from their last record, which had come four or five hours or four or five years prior. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and then we kind of shifted more towards alternative rock, I would say. And and we dabbled in what, you know, I kind of wanted to do. Um, but I, I didn't really think that the band was the place for that because it, you know, there was such a strong foundation of fans that wanted rock music, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was fine. I, and I respected that. Uh, and then after that, we, you know, did a lot of touring and we just, and maybe it's just me, but I, it blows my mind because I don't know a lot of people that like the same music that they listened to when they were 10 <laughs> or 15 <laughs> or 20 or 30. And, and they're right. out there, you know, you have your, your novelty that you're like, Oh, I love that. You know, I love that band. I've loved them right. since I was 10. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe if they keep making the same record over and over, you love that. But for me, I don't love the same music that I even loved five years ago or 10 years Mm -hmm. ago. Like my tastes change. So Uh to imagine a band just making the same music for decades, centuries, it feels, Mm -hmm. uh, it seems a little backwards to me. So we took a huge Mm -hmm. risk and I went, you know, pretty all in on... Uh, on us kind of shifting our sound and, and it paid off. And, and the last record we did peach club was it's full eighties. I mean, yeah. uh, the eighties the yeah. influence is, is, is there it's loud and proud. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and then on the new singles that we've been putting out uh, again, like very, you know, very George Michael, uh, very yes. like, yes, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and very Michael Jackson. And I am yes. unapologetically, <laughs> diving head first in. So the, the change was, you know, it did happen in, in, in what I think is a, a smooth progression from the past decade uh, to now. And, and there's still old fans that, you know, maybe hadn't listened to the band in five, 10 years. And they think, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't Amorosa. It's like, right. n- yeah, not the one you remember. Yeah. yeah. I think they would almost, you know, hang it on you. Oh, well, they brought this guy on 10 years ago, but yeah, I mean, like yeah. you said, verses sounded very much like the earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that's fine. I'm, I'm comfortable being the catalyst for that because as the lead 
you know, when you're the front man for a band, like you mm-hmm. take the brunt of everything, like everything is your fault. Uh, and, and all the good stuff and the bad, it's all your fault. So it yeah. comes with the territory. You make yeah. a great point. Yeah. You guys, John, Kat, I don't know if you could relate to this too, but like, I'm just thinking about like one of my favorite groups is that I grew up listening to is the Beastie Boys, you know, and uh-huh. 1980, uh-huh. you know, six or early, let's go all the way early when they were up. They were a punk group when they started out, but by right. the late eighties, okay. Paul's Boutique sounds nothing like they're, you know, licensed mm-hmm. to ill. And, and every album was like, let's try something. They were still hip hop. Mm-hmm. Sure. But different. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. If they kept doing license to ill, I probably would lost interest at some point. Mm-hmm. I would have grown them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah. You know, history, history does repeat itself. Obviously there's like the past, I would say five years, there's been such a resurgence of, of, of that eighties influence in, yeah. and it never yeah. really went away. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's been more dominant, I think lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's everything with fashion. You know, you mentioned before movies and, and music, it's just, the natural progression of things. And and we're at a great time where I remember it so vividly. And it's, it's been such a part of me and who I am that yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of what's happening. And it, awesome. it does seem like an organic evolution as you look at verses and one, three, one and peach club. It does seem like that. Was mm-hmm. it? Um, and I guess I should say, look, I'm, I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to this stuff because I am the guy who wants to be a custodian. I want to say I'm a custodian, not a gatekeeper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The folks who love the music organically and want to carry it on, I'm all in favor of people that say, well, yeah. I see a trend here. I can make yeah. some bucks. Mm-hmm. But to you, you're saying it, it was sort of an organic thing. It, it was, you know, uh, there was a song on 131 called Helpless, which is like the most, right. was the most like pop, dancey, uh, you know, out of pocket song on that record. But that was one of the first songs that I wrote when I joined the band or mm-hmm. when we, oh, I should say we wrote when I joined the band. Um, and so it was all, it was always there. And, and, you know, the band kind of hung out for like four years doing nothing but writing. And so from a listener standpoint, you hear this record and then you hear this record and you're like, oh, they, they just changed on us. But there's years of writing and progressing as a fan of music and as an right. artist. And, the, and that progression happens behind the scenes. Mm. You know, you're not live streaming your practices every day. You're not live streaming like what your you know conversations are with your bandmates or, or where you want to see the band going. Right. Um, and, uh, and eventually like, yeah, I loved making rock records and I loved doing warp tour. And as a kid that was like, Oh, I want to do that. You know, you want to do that. And I did that. And, and we did that. And I'm very proud of that. And then it's like, well, what else could we do? Mm. What else do we want to do? Yeah, you know, kind of mm-hmm. from the, the point of view of the listener, but mm-hmm. from someone who's a creator, mm-hmm you don't want to do the same things over and over. As you said, I've done that. Mm-hmm. And you know you can do that. You accomplished it. But to to, to, to tackle, you know, a flavor or genre or a or just a slice, uh, an era, and, and try to rep, kind of emulate or pay homage to that, that's something new. It's got to be interesting for you to do, I would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. It makes it fun. I, I, I don't want to be the band that makes the same record over and over because right. that's what our fans want. And that's what's going to sell a record or... That doesn't even happen anymore. So it's like, what is the point of, you know, <laughs> Good point. Like, what, what is the point of, of catering to, uh, you know, what's going to sell a record when that's not yeah. the, at this point, just make what you want to make, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. someone's a carpenter yeah. their whole life. Mm-hmm. Maybe that carpenter wanted to be a dancer at one point. Maybe mm-hmm. he wanted to be a front end web developer. Maybe he, they wanted to be whatever, but they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm supposed to be a carpenter. So this is what I do. I'm always a carpenter. Like, mm-hmm. you, well, as a carpenter, you don't want to make the same thing every day. You don't want to make a chair every day. Sometimes you want to make a table. Yeah. <laughs> you need a table. If you started with a table, you need a chair. Yeah. So we're just, uh, you know, now we're messing around. We're making light fixtures. We're dressing up the kitchen. <laughs> right. We're trying new stuff. There's curtains up. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's interesting. You know, I wrestle with this, you know, so we, we're creators in the podcast sure. here. And it's something that we struggle with, I think, because it's this thought of like, well, if you make a show or make a song and the fans aren't there, what do you do? Can you, do you right. continue to just do what you feel like? I feel like this is right and true uh-huh. to me and they'll come or they won't come. But this yes. serves my, mm-hmm. is right. that, is that enough? I suppose. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It depends on what your goal is. If, if your goal is to use this as a creative outlet because it brings you joy, yeah. then mm-hmm. yes, just do the way you want to. If mm-hmm. you're doing it because 
I mean, you know, you'd like it to be become successful. And as from a business standpoint, I don't know the answer because if I was a better businessman, I probably wouldn't be a musician. <laughs> but, you'd be that front end developer or carpenter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. how to make tables. But if you just, you know, you do it. You just, you yep. just do it because you love it. No one's going to be on their deathbed saying, ah, "I really wish I changed my business plan to appease other people." Yeah. Mm. Right. <laughs> Cat, you cat is favorite band is Duran Duran. Did you catch that mm-hmm. Patrick Nagel inspired cover for a uh, Peach Club? Yes, I did. Percent. I really? loved it. Totally yeah. caught it. No, uh, we had Excellent. had an art. Our art director was Jess Severn on that, and she did all of the art. She did all of our uh, our tour posters, mm-hmm. our ad material, and and that was the the Patrick Nagel was that was the reference. When people yeah. see that, they think, "Oh, Peach Club." Oh, yeah. It's like. Yep. It's yeah. very, very much there. Yeah, Kat, they're yes. thinking Peach Club now. They're not thinking Rio anymore. Get that out of here. <laughs> There's a progression of thought that happens there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Duran Duran. Did they need a name the same? They use the same name twice. How creative same. is that? That's not creative. Duran who? Yeah. yeah. I just want to point out here, yes. speaking of Duran Duran, I could always talk about Duran Duran, but I just saw them last week, Bradley. In um, Madison Twice. Square Garden. And one of the things that Simon said on stage was he, he was grateful for everyone being there, yada, yada, yada. And he said, you've all been here with us through the great times and the not so great times because mm-hmm. they certainly had mm-hmm. a, of a period where they were still making music and yep. they were trying different things. But not everybody, not all the fans were on board and not sure. everybody was paying attention. So, sure. but they kept going and look at them now. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, and they're so fortunate to be, and not that they didn't work for it by any means, but they're very fortunate to be at the place where they could mm-hmm. make whatever they wanted after. Yes. It's like, it's like, especially during a time where you were going and buying that tape or CD, like yeah. uh, you, you were buying that, you know, and they, we're in a place where it's like, let me do whatever we want now. Yeah, um, it's and, true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. then you become this, uh, you know, this kind of legends act mm-hmm. and uh, people go because they want that, you know, they, they want to be brought back to that, ex- that experience. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. So yeah. you're a young enough guy that you may not know firsthand just how awesome the music of the 80s was, not having lived through it. We okay. know. Okay. We, He's older than you think. He's actually 65. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me tell you. In my day. So I, I, you appear to be a young, virile man, and I'm assuming you're not as old as we are. So I'm really curious what it is. You know, I know why I love music of the 80s. I mean, part mm-hmm. of it was that it was just so damn good. Part of it was there's something about the music of that era that for me has a staying power. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what is it just, as you said, you done, you built the the chair and the table already and that was something you hadn't done. Or is there mm-hmm. something about eighties music yep. that spoke to you and made you want to kind of start to emulate that style? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first, I think st- staying power is always a curious thing to me because I wonder, is there staying power because the people who loved it are still around mm-hmm, right. to like bring it up and listen to it because, you know, people probably thought there were songs in the fifties that, that had staying power forties, thirties. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's not so many people, uh, you know, right. and, and I don't know the answer to that yeah. because for me, yes, I love the eighties. Now, uh, I was born in 85. So, okay. yeah. um, my youth though, uh, my mother, obviously, uh, loved the A's. Uh, single mother. She's in military. I remember oh. driving around. Mm-hmm. I, I remember vividly. And I saw this person who made a TikTok account that cracked me up because all of his videos are of him sitting in the back of his mom's car as an infant. Wow. And like what songs they would be listening to. Oh my gosh, um, that's great. <laughs> and it like brings me back to my childhood. Like, yeah, I remember yep. these songs. Like I remember my mother listening to like Paula Abdul and yeah. Janet Jackson yeah. and Michael Jackson. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I just remember thinking like, oh, these are like, this is, this is everything. Like mm-hmm. I love that. I, I was mm-hmm. raised on like, on, on, on female powerhouse vocalists, eighties uh-huh. pop, you know, the Whitney mm-hmm. Houston's like, yeah. uh, even like Pat Benatar, like that uh-huh. was uh-huh. My, 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 my favorite movie to this day is still adventures in babysitting. Oh, oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was only because the kid's name in the movie was Brad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, just, <laughs> we just talked to Keith Coogan a couple months ago. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. 
uh, as far as the eighties go, that was, that's my favorite movie, yeah. but wow. I, uh, you know, and obviously uh, Michael Jackson is such a influence on still on pop culture yep. today, sure. but, oh, yeah. but, but vocally, uh, I remember getting into, uh, the, the band fallout boy when I stir- mm-hmm. first started getting into the music and I'm like, this Patrick stump guy, he can sing. I wonder who mm-hmm. he likes. And it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, he loves Michael Jackson. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's very clear to me now. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. for me that, uh, the nostalgia for me has always been like a huge part of me and what I love yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't like a, Oh, this is popular. It's like, no, this is who I am. And now I want to like freely, like dive into this. I mean, it, 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 there is no, I, I am not shy at all about how much our new song attention yep. is a, a, a tribute to George Michael's freedom. Like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. I tell you something? I, yes, okay. Please, so please. I, yes, I, I listened to three of your songs several okay. times over and, but, but I tried to like, just pay attention. What is this reminding me of? What is this yeah. feeling like? And for attention, I wrote George Michael-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And for um, Preach, it reminded me of, there was a Michael Jackson vibe, mm-hmm. even with the little, there's those, like, ow, in, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. yeah, you've got that going on. Also, like, something else going on in there, like Backstreet Boy-ish. Yeah, it's a like very, that. like, New Jack Swing yeah, kind I was of. thinking that too, L.A. Reid, Babyface, the era of uh, music, okay. Bobby Brown's later stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love, yeah. I love R&B. Like mm-hmm. it'd be eighties pop and like, and like nineties R&B would be, you know, the smooth place for me of, of loving music. So nice. that makes, that makes perfect sense. They you hit the nail on the head. Yes. Can I mention, um, you know, we also had a sneak preview of one of your songs. That's not oh, out yeah, that's yet. Uh, stay. Right. Uh, stay. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Stay. Yeah, okay. And that, that vibe. Uh, it, I, Kenny Loggins like was wow. was coming at me there. The sax in there is that it? That's there is the end of is that, that song yeah. has a beautiful sax solo. Yes, yep. sax, but also it's you singing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing something with your voice that Kenny Loggins also does. That kind of guttural, like like there's yeah. something going on in there that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. said Kenny Loggins, and I thought Kenny G because I'm so I'm, I was honing in on the sax. That's why slightly different. Yes, yes. <laughs> Different hairstyle. Yes. Yeah. Well, vocally, you think you were doing something different? Then? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, there, there are times where I go in and I intentionally, like I remember doing Peach mm-hmm. Club and I was told, I was told like, hey, maybe like, maybe like lay off of the MJ a little bit. Uh, oh. And so, and so I was a little subdued. But this time there was nobody to tell me that. Uh, and, and so, and so with like Preach and like moving mm-hmm. forward on the, on the, on the rest of our new record. Mm-hmm. I very much like just kind of let loose. And for me at the end stay, like the verses, like I, I can feel very MJ to me. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm like singing the song in my head right <laughs> now. Because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're so new yeah. that I'm still like, and I and after we're done with them, I try not to listen to them because I know okay. we'll have to play them and I will get sick of them. <laughs> don't you, you don't want to get sick of them. I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm going to get sick of these songs. Prance and channel Michael. Just let it be. Yeah. There, right? yeah. yeah. So yeah, I do hear like the, uh, especially like, hey, Kenny Loggins right there. Yeah. yeah. Except you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely hear it. I think some stuff, you know, will happen involuntarily yeah. because that's just yeah. like who my, you know, I, I just, it just comes up from my childhood and it's just mm-hmm. there. It's not like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do, you know, like, it just happens. And I, yeah. and then I listen back and it's like, you sound like this. And it's like, great. Keep it. That's I love right. that. Don't touch it. I don't want to think about those it. are all keepers. Yeah. <laughs> what, That's great. Is it similar to the, when you're developing the music as well? Again, we had a recent episode. Where we we're just talking about how we talked to two filmmakers who are making a movie set in 1988 and how they have to consider all these things. Yeah. Are you dissecting mm-hmm. your favorite songs for instrumentation, for chord progressions? <laughs> uh, you know, the fact that you have a sax in, in a stay, mm-hmm. for example, or they use the 808 and preach I guarantee that clap is from 808. I, I definitely think, I'll talk to our, like, so the, the producer of the record, Courtney Ballard, who also did Peach Club, um, right. huge eighties fan as well. Um, um, and we were talking, you know, Peach Club, like we were talking like, let's, let's pull like some Huey Lewis in the news, like, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and see what happens. And and so we won't like take a specific song that like, let's do this. It'll be like, what about this vibe? This is a vibe that we love, you know, or this vibe or I'll, or I'll, a song will hit me. Uh-huh. And I'll and I'll be like, 
someday somebody gonna make you wanna turn around and say goodbye. And it's like, I was like, okay, I like that. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like, let's go, let's chase that, or you yeah. know, whatever it is. And most of the time for me, it's it's very, it, it's definitely a female fronted, some kind of pop act from the eighties sure. that okay. comes up. Um, yeah. uh, and I'll and I'll and I'll go through Spotify because there's such I have a terrible memory, and so there's gems in there that I'll forget about, mm-hmm. and then it'll hit me, and I'll. You know, it's something something about it, just like that, that it'll wash over me like, oh, I remember this song and I remember this moment. And and it's like that's a great feeling. Oh, there's so much joy in that moment. Yeah, it's Uh transformative, trans something about transporting. Yeah, yes, yes, Um, transports, transports, (laughs) transportative. I, yes. I just made a word up. I don't know. There you go. I think it's transmogrified. It, transmogrified. <laughs> I think it's great. It's so cool to hear that story about your my mom in the car because so much of the music I associate too. Same experience. You know, we're a little older than you are, but yeah, we damn. were just talking about that in the, recently. In the car, and the parents dictated what mm-hmm. you heard, and you heard you yeah. learned so much music. Thank goodness our parents collectively had good taste in music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder to what extent part of the joy for you is that you have that connection to your mom through music yeah. as well. The first time that I sang, uh, before I, cause I was in the military. And so I remember vividly, uh, I got back from, uh, Baghdad, Iraq, and I was on leave Mm -hmm. and I was home visiting family and just sang some karaoke. My Mm -hmm. mom had no idea. My family didn't know that I could sing. I didn't know I could sing. I was just like, Oh, let's try it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And sang, and my mom, my mom's face just lights up. Like she could not believe and oh, I'm just like, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm, this is, this is great. And that stuck with me. And I have been, you know, uh, making music ever since or, or, or pursuing yeah. this ever since. And so it definitely all ties down to me, you know, sitting in the back seat with, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. so, you know, just listening to what she was listening to and like a hot sun. And like, we lived in, in mm-hmm. uh, Honolulu and I just like, I could just, I can just see, you know, driving down an airfield with my mom in the front seat of this Jeep and I'm in the back, just like, just, there's something about that, that, that captured me and made me, you know, it made me who I am. Right. Wow. Great. Is there one song that like come, comes at you stronger than any others? That's so tough. <laughs> I'm okay. sure I couldn't answer that. So I don't envy you. Ask me impossible questions, Kat. Two, three, I don't know. <laughs> um, probably something from Janet. Okay. Jan, Janet was her number one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I can't remember. I can't remember if Rhythm Nation was 90s or 80s. Uh, it, it, sometimes it blends around there. It's 89, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would think, I would say it's probably that that Rhythm Nation record. Wow. Nice. She played that until the wheels fell off the damn Jeep. <laughs> was she doing the dance in the kitchen? <laughs> no, just, just driving around. I would do the dance. I, I would do the dance with a fly swatter in front of the fireplace. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm sure she has a VHS of that somewhere. Yeah. Oh, the next Amorosa music video. Your whole arc is amazing. That's so great. You know, maybe maybe because you have sax and stay, you can answer this question because I, sure. we, I was wanting to do an episode about this, but I haven't found the right mm. guest and I, I don't expect you to be able to speak. You know, I'm not, there's no pressure on you. It's a no, small question. Yeah. Talking about, you know, the staying power of 80s music as John and you were, you're talking about was, Saxes were like ubiquitous in the 1980s. You couldn't have a song. It didn't matter if it was a pop song, rock song, R&B. There was a sax. Mm-hmm. Where'd the sax go? Why don't we have saxes in songs these days? Uh, you know, I, it's definitely <laughs> coming back. Uh, oh, it's def- I mean, we had sax on Peach Club. Um, mm. I, I wanted sax a long time. It didn't really fit on like a rock record. But yeah. uh, mm. I, don't, I don't know where it went. Uh, I think, you know, for a while there... It was like record scratches were on almost every song, yeah. um, you know, uh, and, and I think it's just like it's shifting. But there's um, there's a there's a, if you can't tell, I've just been diving into TikTok recently because I've, I've learned so many things. But there's a guy on TikTok who that's all he does. He he's a great saxophone player mm. and he puts song like he puts sax. Oh, I watched that guy. Yeah, yes. Put saxophone over like. Yes tons of songs that don't have sax yeah. and they okay. turn out and it's like, yeah, the song's a thousand times better. He put like a huh. trumpet solo in like Eminem. The guy plays yeah. a lot of brass instruments or yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. He's great. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, I think, I mean, I remember my, my, uh, I, I 
got kicked out of band in high school because I was so bad at trumpet. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> ironically, ironically, uh, I did not apply myself. I wanted to no. play drums. And I'm like, I don't want this damn trumpet, but. But maybe mom wouldn't let you have drums in the house. I, yeah, I think I was just too scared to like say, I want to play drums. Oh, hmm. They were like, you're playing trumpet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't really have any, or you, it sounds like you didn't say what you needed to, or you didn't yeah. really say. Actually, I, I didn't speak out the whole okay. time. I'm like, and, and, you know, and when they're doing like first chair, second chair and band and stuff, right. and they're like yeah. practicing the drums, I'm sitting there in my trumpet row, like drumming, like what they should be drumming. I'm like, Oh, Somebody pay attention to me. <laughs> I'm a uh, prodigy. Put yeah, me in yeah. the cushion section. <laughs> I wish somebody had like, you know, seen my hands or something. I just didn't, you know, I, I wasn't confident enough to speak up at that point and be like, I should play the drums. I can, I, I can count. I could do it. Yeah. But then you did karaoke oh. and found your voice. Yeah. Years later. Yeah. <laughs> Years later. I thought about, I wanted to play the trumpet in high school until they told me you're going to get your mess up your lips. And I was like, I had to save those for the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, That's a true story. It's, I believe you. Uh, I remember reading in medieval times, they didn't have the mouthpieces that they did now. Mm. And so medieval trumpet players would end up shot like cutting mm. through their oh lip uh, and they would end up dying early oh because of like disease yeah. and oh. not to, like keep this light but they would yeah wow. their their lives were shorter because they would often end up getting infected and they oh my goodness you it's terrible. know oh and i remember with the with the mouthpiece i'm still like, this is terrible. Yeah. like <laughs> where has yeah. this been yeah yeah, that yeah, guy's but, rich. That guy's you, rich. I play tuba, yeah. and low brass only improves your kissing technique. Oh, yeah. oh. So you're oh. way off base. Way and off we know tuba is a chick magnet. It is. It is. <laughs> That's why you need the skills because it's it yeah. really doesn't attract anybody. Hey, there's nothing like a tuba solo. Next MROS album. Don't put it past us because I would love to do something. I, I already told Courtney. I'm like, I'm like, how do we get a xylophone? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I, I want an accordion. I want an accordion. I want like. Oh my gosh. You know, I think that a lot of a lot of instruments aren't getting their. Uh, uh, hmm. uh, uh, a theremin, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, theremin. Yeah, you know what's interesting to me? The contrast of you talk, telling yeah. that story about not being able to speak up, uh, you know, when you wanted to play drums. And to think yeah. about this quote, at least attributed to you, about uh, talking about attention, the song Attention, about mm -hmm. how you're, you know, you're going to speak your mind and you don't care what anybody uh, thinks. You know, yeah. I think that uh, attention is one of my favorite songs that I've ever been a part of. I, oh, I really love that yeah. song. Yeah. And I think it's so vulnerable because mm -hmm. I think everybody wants attention. Like we're programmed to want attention. And, yeah. you know, yeah. a lot of people are very passive about it, you know, on their birthdays or something. Oh, I don't like to celebrate my birthday. Like, yes, you do. Like, <laughs> yes, you want people to celebrate you, to know that you're loved, to pay attention to you, to, you know, to give you, uh, and I, and I think that I was just like, yeah, I, sometimes you just need that. You, you know, mm -hmm. uh, good or bad, mm -hmm. you, you, know, you mm -hmm. want the attention. So what's the plan here? We know we've got stay and folks should check out all of your mm -hmm. new singles, including, uh, attention that we're talking about in preach and stay, which is coming out September 15th. Where is the album around the corner? Yeah. We've got some announcements. Mm -hmm. Uh, once we release stay in a couple of weeks, this month, uh, stay comes out and then, uh, you know, we're letting the cat out of the bag uh, uh, probably on that day. Very okay. good. Please uh, right. you, look, make sure you follow Amarosa. They're available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to keep updated. And, and, and meanwhile, there's a link on their Facebook page where you can pre, pre, what do they call it? Not pre-order, pre-save. 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 Pre-save stay. Bradley, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is wonderful. Thank you. It's so encouraging that, look, Bradley was born in the 1980s and he came about this whole love of the 1980s in such an mm -hmm. organic mm -hmm. and wonderful way. It's not a cash grab as we found out. So endearing right. to find out about how he learned about this music through his mother and that relationship that yes. that created because I can connect to that, you yeah. know, sort of how my father and I have a lot of songs that I've learned and shared because mm -hmm. of him and my, and my mother yes. as well. Yes. Right. In the same way, Kat and I connect with uh, all the truck driving songs, right? We, we inherited that from our from our parents that were like, mm -hmm. it, it, otherwise we yes. would never have connected with any of the, you know, red sovine and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I get it. I, <laughs> when, when you're that close to someone and you hear what they love. Yes. Mm -hmm. Until you're late in your teens, maybe you say, oh, that's not cool. But like, secretly yeah. you're like, if that's what they love and I love them, mm -hmm. 
I'm going to try mm-hmm. to love that too. And clearly he has. It kind of yeah. reminds me of, uh, I know I've mentioned this before about the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, mm-hmm, <laughs> how much mm-hmm. I love it because yeah. of the soundtrack. But, you know, Star-Lord, he, he's, he's got this super special connection with his mom through mm-hmm. music. I just yep. can't help but think of There's that. There's his awesome yeah. mix that he has in his yeah. tape deck that yes. is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah or, or like how Kat and I are connected because she made me a mixtape that mostly she'll like. Uh, <laughs> I will you there's at least one song ever... here that I will definitely did... not like <laughs> did somebody say Will's a pessimist who said that I think I said that earlier didn't I just <laughs> that was no, you did. I'll be did damned I... that was you all I wanted to do I you said nobody ever made you a mixtape that's tape. true that is 100% and true and I needed to remedy that and I Done. thought it's me I'm I'm the one I'm, I'm realizing now I think other people have offered but I made them feel so bad about the idea that they did that must do be it, it. yeah Cat's like, would so you I ship taught, it back? Postage I taught paid. you, Cat. <laughs> why? Why am I doing this as a bit? I love Cat. Okay, and I'm so much grateful. I push okay. away everybody yes. I love. Not not worth the jokes that aren't funny. You can keep trying. You can't. All right, hey uh, everybody, go check out Emma Rosa on Facebook, where you can find yes. a link to uh, pre-save their song. If it hasn't, if it isn't out yet, but it's going to be out this uh, September 15th, so just a few days, depending on when you've heard mm-hmm. this, you can just go and get it. We we want you to know that our show is brought to you every week, thanks in part to our early adopters like mm-hmm. Kathy Burke, Rick Parker, and Karen Flieger. Yeah. And Yay. thanks especially to our secret of our success level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, mm-hmm. Craig Coletta, mm-hmm. John Kaminsky, mm-hmm. notice the comma, Marcus Taylor, <laughs> and our yeah. newest Patreon. Patre- yes, Patreon. <laughs> Tony Great. Yes. So great. Awesome. We Welcome. Have. Thank you, Tony. Yay. Yes. Yay. Thanks, Tony. We are so grateful to have you here. Of course, if you recognize Tony's name, it's because we chatted with him just a short time ago about his mm-hmm. uh, a new book, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, which is going to be available this fall. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, yes. we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Next time. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs>